This is the Shanice Lewis Show, the number one podcast for plus-size women. With your host, the queen of curvy conversation, Shanice Lewis. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Shanice Lewis. Today is Monday, February 4th. 2019. Make sure you're following this show's social media pages on Facebook at The Shanice Lewis Show and on Instagram and Twitter at Shanice Show. You can also subscribe and listen to the show on iTunes, Google Play Music, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or your favorite podcasting app. Today, we have a very special guest on the show, Ashante Hubbard. Christian Omashan was founded by Atlanta-based designer Ashante Hubbard. Ashante chose to pursue fashion design when she noticed the lack of modern, sophisticated options for plus-size women, particularly if they were tall. The options found in stores were often cookie-cutter, generic, and had an unflattering fit and length. As a plus-size woman with a flair for fashion, Ashante found this simply unacceptable, and set out to create a custom clothing line for the woman who wanted more. Christian Omishan has been featured in Essence, BuzzFeed, Refinery29, Scorch Magazine, Control Magazine, and the Curvy Fashionista. Let's welcome Ashante to the show. Hi. Hi, everybody. How are you? Hi. Wonderful. Are you worn out from the Super Bowl this weekend in Atlanta? Uh, I, I, I'm okay, actually, but it was so much fun, honestly, it was. Because I was thinking, oh, I didn't even consider that uh, you were in Atlanta and you might be hungover or something today, so I'm glad. No, no, not at all. I actually left um, from downtown probably about – uh, 7.30, 8 o'clock. I knew I had to get up early, so it wasn't going to work for me. I had to go. <laughs> You're right. So let's learn more about you. So how old were you when you started sewing, and who taught you how to sew? I was actually in college. So I started sewing in 2008. I graduated high school in 2007, and then I went to Balder College in 2008. So I didn't learn until I actually got to school. Oh, wow. So I don't have, like, the story of, like, you know, my grandma was showing me yeah. how to since I was two. No, ma'am. I learned it in college, but it was just, you know how you just happen to be good at something? I just mm-hmm. happened to be good at it, and I just kind of kept at it. So that's how I really honed in on those skills. So was it a elective you took at college? Like what randomly gave you that desire? Well, I knew that I wanted to go to school for fashion design. And, of course, like in my head, I've kind of always had like a business outlook on things, but I was thinking from the artistic point of view. And so I was like, well, I don't have the money or the capital to, um, you know, pay someone to buy, I mean, to sew the clothes. So I think this is a skill I need to learn. And then when you go to school for fashion design anyways, that's one of the mandatory uh, skills that you have to learn. You have to learn how to sew. Got it. So when you decided that this was something you wanted to do professionally to start a clothing line, did you want to start off with all sizes or did you start off exclusively for plus sizes? 
I started off with all sizes. And I think when I was doing all sizes, truthfully, I didn't really know who I was as a designer. I knew what I wanted, like I desired to do, but I wasn't for sure um, what area I wanted to like specialize in. So I started with all sizes and I was doing it. It was great, but it just didn't feel fulfilling, right? Like Mm -hmm. it wasn't like, I didn't feel like I was fulfilling my purpose per se. So um, I just, I kept doing it, just kept feeling unfulfilled. And finally, I was just like, first of all, you're plus size. You can't find any clothes. Like I was making clothes for myself and I was just like, why don't you target the white space? You know, the space where there aren't a lot of independent designers. Um, It's hard for us to find clothes. Just, you know, all that, the same narrative we've been kind of having for a couple years now. So I decided to just focus in that white space and it was just the best decision I made because at it. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm, recognition wise, mm-hmm. all of those things. I didn't get that when I was doing straight sizes. I was just another designer, if that makes sense. Yeah, and sometimes do you think it's better to focus on a a niche market than just everybody everywhere? Oh, absolutely. I I do because I feel like when you don't have a niche market, you're going to find yourself doing what everyone else is doing, right? Mm -hmm. So you'll find yourself trying to be more on trend than actually staying true to yourself as a designer. So what I tried to do was focus on the area where I was actually passionate about it. And that's where that, um, you know, when you hear people say it's something that you will do even if you weren't getting paid for it, that's how right. I feel about plus-size fashion. That's where I am with it. Like, it's something I would still do even if I wasn't getting paid for it. Nice. So tell me, where does the name Christian Omishan come from? First, am I saying it correctly? Yes, it's Christian Omishan. And where did that come from? So the name Christian Omishan, um, so funny story. Now, Omishan is my little brother's middle name. His middle name is Omishan. So that's where that came from. But when I was growing up, I used to always have this desire to be named uh, a, a boy's name. So, like, I had a friend. Her name was Tony, like, little things like that. So I remember <laughs> I used to always be like, man, I love Christian. Like, why my parents didn't name me Christian? You know, things like that. So when I was coming up with my brand name, I just kind of um, stuck with something that I always wanted to be called while I was younger, and that was Christian. And so I combined the two, and the whole point of that was I wanted to I wanted people to look at the clothes. So I felt like even though I love my name Ashante, I just felt like people were automatically attached to um, everything that it may not be. And so I just wanted to really just create a name that I thought that people would say, who is this person? And I mean, mm-hmm. even still to this day, I, I get a lot of people that say, um, oh, I love his clothes. Like, they think I'm a guy. <laughs> right. They, so they think that's your, your name. They, I think a lot of yeah. people think that's your real name. Yeah, they think I'm a guy or they don't know who it is behind the brand. Um, of course, now I'm getting in front of that. But before, you know, I didn't know any better. And so I was like, yeah, I just don't want to be identified as so-and-so. And now... 
Um, it's just the stupidest thing I felt like I ever thought. You know what I mean? Because now <laughs> I want people to know that Christian Omi Shun is a black woman behind the brand. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, yeah. <laughs> it was before I was knowledgeable of, like, you know, like, where we are in the space we are right now, like, in the world or whatever. Like, it's a, it's a great thing to be a black business owner. So now right. I present that wholeheartedly, and I want the world to know. So what was your biggest obstacles getting your clothing line off the ground? Uh, um, let's see. So I I still have a lot of obstacles. I want to be clear. Right. <laughs> but um, I think the biggest obstacle for me in the beginning was people really taking, taking me serious. Um, I think that sometimes there's this notion that, um, you know, uh, women designers especially are not exactly, like, really serious about what they're doing. And so I think that that was the hardest thing, like, getting people to really see me and to see that what I was doing for the plus-size community was authentic and true to who I really was as a person. I really think that's uh that's the biggest thing because you know, a lot of these designers like they do plus size but they um I mean I'm talking about bigger brands, but they don't um they're doing plus size for the wrong reason. It's not really to cater to that girl who's having a hard time finding clothes that actually fits her, that makes mm-hmm. her feel great, that makes her feel sexy, that is needed. And so I wanted to make sure that when people saw my clothes and they wore the clothes, that they felt all of those things sexy, important. You know, it was well thought out, construction, quality, all of those things. Um, And then the second is capital. Um, I'm still, like most designers, just trying to find different ways to um, get capital for the brand so that I can do bigger and better things for the brand. Right, right. Now, did you ever consider moving to New York to possibly have more opportunities in fashion? I did when I was first graduating from college, but I also realized that there are just, there are like a million designers in New York, you know? And Mm -hmm. so for me, being in Atlanta, I was thinking to myself that there aren't a lot of there are a lot of designers, but there are not a lot of designers compared to New York. Like it's a very it's the design market here is very small compared to the New York market or whatever. And so my goal was to conquer where I was first. And that's pretty much been my mindset and this is where I built my clientele and things of that nature. So I feel like staying here was definitely a great idea. Could there be more opportunity? Absolutely. But Am I really missing anything? No, I think I'm exactly where God wants me to be in this moment. Mhm. Yes. So for that's somebody for somebody that's listening that has never heard of your clothing line and brand, what type of clothing do you design? So, I design plus-size clothing for the sophisticated minimalist woman. Um, my clothing can, you can wear it to work and you could simply take off your blazer or your, your jacket or whatever and take it to brunch. 
So the whole point or the whole purpose of my clothing is for it to be timeless, is it's for it to be multifunctional, um, and for you to just look and feel good. So um, I try to be very, very, very particular with the fabrics that I choose, even if it's a knit, maybe choosing a better quality knit than something that you would maybe find in your local uh, city trends or something like that. Um, that's the woman who I design for pretty much. And what is the size range and price point of your clothing line? So the size ranges from 12 to 32. And one other thing that I did leave out is that there are custom options on all of my clothing. So we do cater to the person who is, you know, 4'11", and she may be 6'5". We have um, options online for everyone. And then my price point, um, the lowest you'll probably – pay is about $70 for a crop top and mm-hmm. it can range from $70 basically on up but on average about 120 you're looking to spend about 120 for an outfit and now you specifically design for plus size women that are tall now what height range do you consider tall that is ignored in the market uh, we go up to a 40 inseam and that is just on the website, but uh, we have specific requests from people who are taller than a 40-inch inseam. So 40-inch inseam will be a woman that's probably about 6'3 or 6'4. Got it. So, so you have a it's up there. You, you have a physical store location, right? I have a studio space. So my studio space is not a storefront. It's specifically where we produce only. Now, I do have my – I take my consultations here, like, you know, my prom clients that come in town or anyone who wants to come inside to get their measurements taken and things like that for a custom order. Um, but it is not a storefront yet. So everything is made to order? Yes, everything is made to order. Now, do you feel that plus-size women say they want quality clothing but then complain about the price point? Yeah, I mean, I do. I I think that that's that's been another obstacle um, from the consumer side that, you know, but I also believe that people who want what you're offering is going to pay for it. And so while I have run into that problem of, well, I love your clothing, but it's too high and things of that nature, I've also just realized that those same people just may not be my customers. So what I try to do now is just focus my efforts elsewhere, you know, I guess on the people that's buying my clothes, honestly. Honestly, that's the (laughs) best and most positive way that I've been able to look at that. Because it is, like, hard, and it gets, discouraging sometimes because, mm-hmm. you know, I have had those feelings of like, well, maybe I do need to lower my price point. But then if I lower my price point, I won't be able to offer you the very things that you shop with me for, like the custom options and things of that nature. So most of the time, especially when I first started, I had to just tell myself to stay true to who I am and what I'm offering, and I'll attract the right people, and that has happened. So can't focus on the people that's not shopping from you. So explain to someone who would complain about the prices the difference in a piece 
custom made by you and something cheaply made in China? So 10 times out of 10, if you purchase something from China that, let's say, we're going to say it's a 4X, but in real life, the real measurement is a 2X. And I've seen, and, and there's nothing more discouraging than purchasing something um, online and you have to order like four sizes up just to be the right size that you know you are not. So when mm-hmm. people purchase from me, one, you're paying for quality. I'm not using your regular little knits that, you know, you can see your undergarments with and things of that nature. I'm specifically using higher quality fabrics so that you can have better durability with your products. Two, your my measurements are going to be exactly what they say online. If anything, with me, you have to order down, not order up. Mm-hmm. So I've had customers who are like, oh, my God, I'm usually a 1820, but on your website, I order a 1X. I rather I would rather have that problem than to have the problem of ordering something that just doesn't fit at all. Because just think about it from a personal point of view. It's discouraging. You think that you're bigger than you are. Well, you're really not. It's just that these companies don't have the measurements correctly. Um, also, too, as a plus-size woman, we have bigger hips and bigger mid-sessions and things of that nature. So all of my patterns that I do, I account for the woman that are, I mean, the woman that has full of hips, the woman who may be an apple shape. She carries her, she carries her weight in her stomach. The woman who has bigger breasts and Lord arms. Have you ever bought something and you can't even like, you can barely move your arms in it. Mm -hmm. That is a big, big, big issue with a lot of the cookie cutter clothes that we get from a lot of our popular retail stores. So I think about those things. I listen to my clients. Um, I make the necessary changes that I need to make. And so that's the pro and the con to shopping with Andy. Although the clothes are made to order, and you may have to wait a little longer than you would shopping at a popular retail store, it's worth the wait because when you get it, you don't have those same issues like that you will have if you shop at the other stores, basically. And sometimes when people shop at these fast shops, fast, cheap clothing that doesn't fit properly, I don't think everybody understands what a well-fitting garment looks like. They just squeeze into something, and just because it has stretch in it, they think it fits. Yep, yep, and they try to make it work. And I see that a lot, and it's it's so disheartening because then when you have clothing brands like me, the Courtney Noels, the Debris, people of that nature, you know, you're looking at us like, well, I don't understand why X, Y, Z. And it's just like, but you had to make that garment work for you. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, you settled. You, you weren't even fully satisfied with what you got. You settled. And that's what I don't want my clients to do. And so I try to make sure that it's all about the experience, that they have a good experience with my brand. That's so important to me. Now, your main focus is plus-size fashion, but as we mentioned earlier, you also do all sizes with prom season, and you also do bridal wear. Is that right? 
Yes. So, so is that? Now... Oh, go go ahead, ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead and ask your question. I'm sorry. <laughs> so I was going to say, is that year round or is it just just certain seasons? So um, the prom and bridal or specialty uh, market is year round. And what it is is when I started doing plus size, I definitely I am a, a huge fan of ready to wear. I absolutely love ready to wear clothes. So that was definitely um, a special place for me, but I've always wanted to tap into the specialty market because we also have a void um, in, uh, excuse me, in specialty clothes in the plus size market as well. So yes. once I opened that door, I honestly didn't know if I would be as successful at it because I was still, I'm still learning techniques myself. Like I'm still a student in this game for sure. And I've been sewing for over 10 years, but every day it's a learning curve. Every day I'm learning something different, something that I can do better, something that I can do faster or whatever. So when I tapped into the specialty market, I didn't know that it would store the way that it has. But I'm really, really excited about it because it's a very lucrative market, to be honest. And when I do those bridal parties and stuff, the money that I make from those, I'm able to put them back into my business for my ready-to-wear, and I'm able to produce better clothes. Mm, so, good you know, point. it has its benefit for sure. And I recently recommended you to someone that wanted – custom pageantry wear because the prom and some of the bridal could also be pageant dresses. Yep. Sure can. So that's awesome. So, so I want to talk about marketing for a minute for someone is listening. That's trying to get their clothing brand um, started, but having a hard time. What do you feel has been the most effective form of promotion for your line. I have a couple of things I want to ask you about. So first, how effective do you think is participating in fashion shows in promoting your line? So fashion shows for me, um, it depends on the fashion shows that you do. When I did Maui's style event and, um, Look, it's on the tip of my tongue. And um, Full Figure Fashion Week, straight up, hands down, was two of the best decisions I've ever made. Simply because I was in a place full of my target market. And so my suggestion to new designers or aspiring designers that's coming in, I wouldn't just do any fashion show because I think that's where you'll miss the mark at. And I think that's where you'll run into the problem of I did a fashion show and it just wasn't worth it and things of that nature. I think anything that you do is all about target market and getting your clothes in front of the right people and you'll get the right results. That's the best way I can explain fashion shows. Choose wisely. And how effective has social media marketing been for you? Now, as far as my biggest ways of marketing and what I would tell someone who is aspiring or trying to do it, social media, social media marketing, one, is killer. You have access to millions of people that you would not have access to if you were just trying to sell, you know, from your, your city, you know, um, door-to-door or whatever. So social media marketing is, has been uh, definitely a huge part of my success. 
and it has been a huge part of me being able to reach clients and um, celebrities and influencers that I have not had access to. Um, Social media uh, media marketing also brings me to um, influencer marketing. I have had a lot of success with influencer marketing. I know that I don't know, I can't speak for everybody else as far as how their businesses have bloomed due to, you know, their influencer um, agreements and connections and things of that, but it has definitely worked in my favor. And I've just found that you find someone that supports your brand, and I mean truly supports your brand, and believe what you believe in and, you know, ride for you and all of those great things, you can have a great influencer uh, relationship. And that's how I've uh, you know, gotten a notice, truthfully, just working with certain influencers, Marie Danae, um, Maui, um, System of Curves. It's so many people that I've worked with that has definitely, you know, helped my business and my brand. But also with influencer marketing, just like you said with the fashion shows, choose wisely because there are some influencers that will tarnish your brand too. Yeah. Yeah, I think, like, when I first got into it, um, and I'll, I'll tell you, when I first got into it, I was going to, I'm just going to work with whoever's going to work with me, and I didn't realize that that's just not how it works. You really have to focus and work with people who really, one, who will really wear your clothes in real life. Mm-hmm. That's one thing I, I, I noticed. You got you to gotta rock with people who's really going to wear your clothes in real life. So, like, I wouldn't necessarily um, put my clothes on an influencer who strictly promotes um, Fashion Nova or Rainbow or things of that nature. It's not that that what they are doing is bad, but you would know that their audience is not Mm -hmm. going to buy my kind of clothes. Right. So I just think, like, you have to be very – you got to be strategic the same way – you're strategic with your Facebook ads or your Instagram marketing or whatever, you have to do the same thing with influencer. But also, too, with influencer marketing, you have to understand that um, uh, both people have to get, have to be on the receiving end of something. And I think with a lot of designers, um, they, they, they want influencers to work for free, and it just don't work like that. And I try to mm-hmm. teach people that you can't go to these influencers expect them to wear your clothes for free, give you 10 posts, and it just doesn't work like that. You get what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I also think it's just changing the narrative of how we see influencers, and that's how you're going to get the most out of your marketing, period. Right. You got to give to get. It has to be beneficial for both parties because taking pictures, putting on makeup, doing your hair, all of that, paying a photographer, that's money. Yes. It's money if you're doing it on a uh, professional level. Right. But on the flip side to that, on the flip side to that, when working with brands and influencers working with brands, they also have to understand the work and the time that is being put into these garments as well. And so, like, for me, it's much harder for me to send you free items than it is for, I'll use just Rainbow, for example, for Rainbow to send you, um, you know, free items because they're getting their items mass produced. Every single thing that I'm making, everything that I make 
and goes out that's ordered on the website is made right here in house. Everything mm-hmm. is made. So it's gonna cost me more to make it time wise, money wise, and all of those things. And so that's why I think it's just important to try to meet in the middle and just find influencers who really support your brand because they'll get it. And what will happen is it can end up being a, a beneficial thing for both of you. But, you know, you just got to be on the same page. And as far as promotion, all of these things are good. But at the end of the, the day, what about good old-fashioned word of mouth? Yep, good old-fashioned word of mouth and door-to-door. I'm actually next door to a hair salon. Two hair salons are right next door to me. So sometimes, even though I don't, I don't have, like, um, like where you can go in and just pull stuff off the rack, people still mm-hmm. stop by. They want to know what it is that I do. Oh, my gosh, I'm getting married. I didn't know you designed clothes. You know, you know what I mean? So it's mm-hmm. still, you know, good old business to business, and word of mouth will always definitely be a, a huge way that you can get your brand where it needs to be. Do you ever cast? for models have model calls and how do you select the models for your campaigns so i had a model call maybe one or two times when i first started um and now i don't do model calls anymore i have um two to three models that i use specifically um and it's just uh it's just i i won't want to say it's preference per se but it's just like that that team building, kind of just keeping the same people on the team because when I make these millions, I want to be able to pay these same people who was there for me when I mm-hmm. didn't have a single dime to pay them. That's just how right. I look at it. So I don't do a lot of model calls, unfortunately. Now, for fashion shows, yes. But as far as, like, campaigns and things on a website, no, I try to keep, you know, my, my clients and consumers, like um, – I want them to see the same face, you know, so they can get familiar and they'll know, like, oh, this is Christian Omi Shine. She always uses this model or whatever. So what is the ultimate goal for your career and your brand? So my ultimate goal, um, I am now leaning toward having, um, like, a design house or a showroom. I definitely can see myself having, like, a really big, successful showroom here in Atlanta. If not, I just want to be one of the biggest online retailers that I can be in plus size, truthfully. That's where I can definitely see my brand. Nice. Well, you definitely definitely (laughs) going in the right direction. So do you have anything so. you have anything else happening coming up that we need to be on the lookout for? Well, right now I'm just working on my new collection. I don't have a set date for when I'm going to drop that. So, you know, uh look, I'll keep you guys posted, but it's 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 definitely real up in here. Um I'm in the middle of prom season, so that that's just kind of the focus right now. Um, and then truthfully, hopefully, um, eventually in a couple months, maybe early next year, I want to produce my own fashion show, and I want to do a bridal collection. And I think, you know, I think people in our community would definitely appreciate that. So I'm really just, like, 
making sure that whatever it is that I decide to do with my brand, that I stay true to who I am as a designer, and people can see the integrity in my pieces. So that's what my focus is right now. Awesome. So tell us how to keep up with everything you got going on. Tell us your address, your website, and your social media handles. All right. So you can find me on at www.christianomishan.com. You can also find me on Instagram at Christian underscore Omishan, that's O-M-E-S-H-U-N dot com, and say same thing, Christian Omishan. Well, awesome. It's been a pleasure speaking with you because I don't think we've had a chance to really talk before because I think I see you every year at the TCS Star Expo, but I never get a chance to just sit down one-on-one. So it's been great talking to you. Yes, same, same. Thank you so much for having me. So keep up the success, and just let us know whenever you have something else popping. We'd love to have you back on the show. All right. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. All right. Enjoy the rest of your day. Bye-bye. Bye. And thank you to our fabulous guest today, Ashante Hubbard. And make sure you check out her fabulous clothing for plus-size women. She's located in Atlanta. Make sure you definitely support. I've been your host this evening, Shanice Lewis. Thank you for tuning in and supporting. Until next time, keep thriving in your curves and be blessed. been listening to the Shanice Lewis Show. For more info about the show, visit ShaniceLewisShow.com. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.